bbel.com. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit wpgtalkradio.com. As promised, 10 minutes before the top of the hour, the television personality Bill Boggs on deck right after John Zarek, who continues right now. Hey, John. Yes, Harry. Uh, so make a donation to the Hurley charity for uh, food for the poor. Not for the poor, for people who are hungry. Yeah. They, they may not be poor on an ongoing basis. They're just out of work, and uh, the government isn't coming across with uh, the things that we expect government to do for them. Government is overwhelmed, and uh, so we need money. Yeah. And we, we, many of us spend money pretty easily, and uh, to spend 100 or to or $300 is, is a pretty common thing very often for, for some of us. So take some of that money and uh, make, a, make a donation to charity. Now, John, imagine being without a paycheck for seven weeks like many people listening right now have been enduring. No money. You can't pay your mortgage. You can't pay anything, food. And, and you're not even supposed to go out, and people are worried about going out, so maybe you have like a delivery person bring food, and then, of course, there's an upcharge on that. You want to tip somebody because they've got to make a living too. Uh, everything's more expensive than ever, and uh, and yet you have no revenue coming in. That's why today's effort between the six Town Square Media Atlantic City radio stations and folks that listen to John right now, you can just use the WPG app or go to the website WPGTalkRadio.com and you'll see right there, you will see the Town Square Cares, Feed South Jersey, you'll see all six of our station logos. And for every dollar that you donate, you can help provide three meals for our hungry neighbors. That's um, That's pretty amazing. That's a great deal, Harry. Yeah, I'd say. That's a fantastic deal. Yeah. That's the best deal I've heard of in a long time. Me too. One dollar, three meals. Yeah. You can't beat that. No. So um, you really, some people want to do it for charity and some because they just like a good deal. And this is the best deal in town to be able to, uh, you know, donate. So a hundred dollar donation feeds three hundred meals yes that's fantastic yeah a five hundred dollar donation fifteen hundred meals so yeah that's a lot of help uh that i think harry that guarantees you'll get to heaven if you make a large donation wow. like that what a, what a what an investment that is and we're at over eight thousand right now john when you count what we did here today on the program that just we know of we don't even know what others have done so that's now twenty four thousand meals and at the point we hit the ten thousand mark thirty thousand meals that that's um that's our friends and and our great listeners becoming big time change agents big time uh clutch performers at, at a time of supreme need i honestly can't think of a more profound need in the history of our country since probably the Great Depression, John? There hasn't been. There definitely hasn't been. And we don't understand all the ramifications of this. One ramification uh, I do understand, and this this, show is Smart Law with John Zarek, so we're going to talk about some law right now, which is a domestic violence problem. Epidemic. 
right now. It was just, you know, weeks ago when we talked about it, there was some uh, indication there was going to be trouble. But I think, I think uh, you noticed, Harry, I think, I think we all experienced it at once. Maybe 10 days, two weeks ago, where it really sunk in that this is a, a serious problem. It's a long-term problem. And um, we may open up the country. We may make changes. We may do uh, things that are different than we've been doing for a while. But it's not going to be the same. No. And it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same for a long, long time. Hey, John, quick stat, and you can appreciate this from your many decades as an executive board member at Atlantic Prevention Resources. This is empirical evidence. This is no bull. Americans are at a 55% rise in alcohol consumption. This is in the last full month. It's probably even worse over the past uh, two weeks of May, and up 36% in terms of illicit drug usage. Couple that with the domestic violence uh, aspect that you're talking about, and this will show you what happens when you shut the country down for seven weeks, John. Look what's happening around us. Sure. That's a, that's a lot of people developing liver disease, yeah. a lot of people developing, uh, the, common, the common name is uh, wet brain. There are, there are people with alcohol poisoning, there are people with uh, uh, dementia-like illness caused by overconsumption of alcohol, high levels, sustained, period. Um, they don't come back. And then, John, if you're drunk and if you're on uh, opioids or extra use of marijuana, or this is many categories of drug usage that I don't have time to, to list on this um, sheet that I have here before me, John, that also plays into then what kind of behavior do you demonstrate uh, when you're in this altered state? Sure, and a lot of a lot of women are becoming pregnant at this time. I mean, there's... People are stuck in the house with, uh, and, and one of the things they do is is more of what they do normally, right? So in, instead of being together, there are a lot of people becoming pregnant because there's a lot of sexual activity. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But a lot of people are becoming pregnant, and then you have the environment where you have um, alcohol consumption, drug consumption, um, you know, a lot of people don't know they're pregnant for a good period of time, and a lot of damage can be done in those early stages if people are drinking and and using drugs. So, uh, and and one of the products of this is domestic violence. So, um, we are getting lots and lots of calls related to domestic violence, and I'll never forget one of the people, a uh, great guy. Good job, um, loving wife, kids, just not really a problem in the world, um, called with, he was charged with domestic violence. And, and not only that, he was charged with um, more serious offenses in, in, in connection with that, which is pretty insane for someone who is totally law-abiding 
at all other times. And so I was trying to get into the bottom of it, as we always do, because we want to try to solve the problem. Look, talked about alcohol, talked about drugs. No, no. Gambling, girlfriends, boyfriends. No. I said, what, what do you think was the source of this conflict between you and your wife? And the fellow said, Mr. Zarek, it's just, we, we've, we're inside, we've got the kids, we can't go out, we can't do things we normally, I think we just went crazy. Yeah. And with great, re- we just went John, crazy. with great regret, yeah. final minute, closing summation. I can't believe it. Yeah. I want to recount. Yeah. 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 So we're getting a lot of people, we're getting a lot of people that are, um, calling with domestic violence charges against them, people that normally would never be involved in these types of things, but they're cooped up. Maybe they're drinking, maybe they're using drugs, and maybe they're not doing anything at all. Uh, They just can't take it any longer. So uh, it's it's a difficult period of time, and it's going to last for a while, and we have to do whatever we can to accept it and make it better for others. And if, if you have extra money, Take the pressure off some people and make a donation to uh, the, the Hurley Food Initiative here. Go on the app and make that donation. We did. A uh, number of other callers, a uh, number of listeners did. Five seconds. And I'm asking you too. Thank, Thank you, you, John. So much. Thank you, John. Hold on. We'll say goodbye. And then I have to get a hold of Bill Boggs, who is next, a Delaware Valley legend. FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. More financial hardship. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Another wave of Americans out of work needing unemployment checks. Fox's Lillian Wu has the numbers live. Dave, the nearly 3 million more out-of-work Americans asked for first-time health last week. The 2.98 million first-time claims considerably higher than the 2.5 million many economists were expecting, and it brings the total number to more than 36 million who filed claims in the last eight weeks. That's when the pandemic started hitting many businesses hard. Some states still processing a backlog of claims. Last week's number is still historically high, but it is a six straight week of declines. Dave? Lillian stock futures are falling on Wall Street as a result. We have to open our country. Now, we want to do it safely, but we also want to do it as quickly as possible. We can't keep going on like this. President Trump tells Fox Business things will get better, especially next year. Ten states will lift restrictions tomorrow. Wisconsin state home order has been ordered to end by next Tuesday by the state Supreme Court, which ruled the governor had overreached. In an hour, a Trump administration doctor will testify at the House. The president calls Rick Bright disgruntled. Bright claims he was reassigned after opposing a push for an unproven coronavirus treatment. A preview of his testimony includes this warning, quote, our window of opportunity is closing. If we fail to develop a national coordinated response based in science, I fear the pandemic will get far worse and be prolonged, causing unprecedented illnesses and fatalities. Fox's Shannon Bream back to the president. He also reacted to the Michael Flynn saga this morning. It was the greatest political crime in the history of our country. Flynn pleaded guilty to lying in the Russia probe. The Justice Department is trying to drop the case over FBI 
by tactics when the judge wants to consider perjury charges. Joe Biden was among the Obama administration officials who requested unmasking Flynn's name. Republicans call that fishy. Biden campaign says Republicans are grossly politicizing intelligence. America's listening to Fox News. Americans rely on affordable, reliable package delivery from the U.S. Postal Service. It's a lifeline for rural communities. It powers our cities. But Washington politicians want to impose a massive package rate hike on the Postal Service. A 400% increase. We can't afford that these days. Quadrupling the price to send a package? That means four times the cost for seniors to ship their medication, four times to deliver household necessities, and four times the cost for small businesses. Unneeded rate hikes that will harm Main Street and everyday Americans. America can't afford the package tax now. Call Congress now. 202-224-3121. Tell them to stop the package tax. The Postal Service is an economic lifeline for small businesses and rural customers all over the country. That's 202-224-3121. And tell them to stop the postal rate hike. Paid for by the Package Coalition. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Today's forecast looks pretty good with morning sunshine, then clouds developing across South Jersey this afternoon. High temperature on the mild side, 67 degrees. We'll stay dry during the day. I do have to include a chance for a shower tonight, but it won't be as cold. Low temperature around 59. Tomorrow, warm and windy high soars to 82. With periods of sun and clouds, just watch for a line of evening showers. Still warm on Saturday, partly to mostly cloudy and 74. Cooler with some rain on Sunday. I'm Chief Meteorologist Stands Arrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is four minutes past the hour, and I am thrilled to report... This is the first time I've ever spoken with this living legend of our industry. Bill Boggs is a four-time Emmy Award-winning television talk show host. I don't even have time to get into the great work that he did, uh, the advent of Morton Downey Jr., and that was amazing. I believe Bill was the executive producer. I know he had a, a significant role with that. Bill is a television talk show host, best-selling author, professional speaker, and we're going to be reviewing this half hour Bill's new comedic novel, The Adventures of Spike the Wonder Dog. And what I always do, Bill, I want you to know this. I never ask our audience to do what I haven't already done. I go go buy Bill's book, but then I didn't go buy Bill's book. I signed on to my Amazon Prime, and I want you to know, Bill, I want you to treat me well, Bill Boggs, because I'm a customer. You are speaking to a customer. I'm bowing. You can't see me. Because I'm bowing down, my little hands are touching the floor. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a host or interview me who said they bought the book and told me that before, before they actually did the interview. If there's one way you want to get on my good side on this particular day in 2020, other than saying I've created a, virus, a, a vaccine, it's buy my book. Harry, thank you. You, you. All of you told me, I greatly appreciate it. 
Bill, it's my pleasure. And by the way, I didn't go Kindle on you. I didn't go cheap. I didn't go. Not, not that I have anything against Kindle because it's great to read them that way. But I'm just old school. I, I not only want the book, I want the hardcover book. So I, I went big, hard. Bill Boggs. Good hard. Well, Harry, that's terrific. And at some point, in, the, in God willing, in the future, I'll get down there to Atlantic City, meet you, and sign and sign the book. Oh, so, I can't. I can't. That, that's terrific. I can't you wait. You want to let people know the title of the book. I think it's very important. It's not a mystery book. It's The Adventures of Spike the Wonder Dog, as told to Bill Bond. It's a complete send-up and satire of the television industry uh, and a lot of the foibles of human beings. It's narrated by a dog, Spike, who has been called already by two critics, Fiction's Funniest Canine. You know how many dog stories there are that have been published? I think... I'm in the lead with the funniest dog. I think it's I think it's terrific. I think it's a great Thank hook. You, I think it's a great hook. The Adventures of Spike, the Wonder Dog, and it's available Amazon.com or the Usual Suspects. It took me less than a minute. I just went right to the book, and I had the choice of either Kindle or the hardback uh, edition. I went hardback, so you can do the same. I'm very honored uh, to note that we actually have Bill a few days prior to the official launch. I know it's due out on May 19th, and uh, I'm really happy to have you five days before that, Bill. And, and let me say this. I had a moment to say this to Bill off-air. Uh, I've been in the business for a long time. I've done TV. I've done radio. And I love what we do in our lane. But I'm never, ever shy to say that I'm a fan of someone and Bill Boggs, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. I love all your work. You know, you look at just the Food Network. For a lot of people that enjoy the Food Network, and whether it's Guy Fieri or all these different shows that are on um, Iron Chef and all these different things, and I love them all. Bill, you had a, a career on the Food Network, and many people credit you actually with helping to launch the Food Network. So you've done you've done a lot. You've done the talk show circuit. You've done Food Network. You've done a lot, and of course, you public speak. Uh, you write. Uh, so you, uh, you you've done it, Bill. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Now, Harry, I have one question. I'm going to comment on all that stuff. If someone wants to listen on their, their phone or, or BlackBerry. What do they tune into right now? I'm w just curious. Easy. WPG Talk Radio app, or they could just go right to WPGTalkRadio.com, and they'll be able w to listen to it in real time. WPGTalkRadio.com. WPG yes. Okay. Well, well, first off, everything you just said was very nice. And with, the, with the Food Network, what happened was I was aware I had the same parallel interest as a small group of investors in Rhode Island had, and that was in the concept of food as entertainment, Harry, meaning that on a television show I did in New York called Midday Live yep. for 13 years, I, one, I got an idea from uh, that people are home having lunch, <clears throat> watching, you know, at, at, it was only between 11.30 and 1. Why not occasionally have lunch on the show so in other words, they're, they're, they eat and watch, and we eat and broadcast. So we, we tried it out, and it was once a week. It was a huge success. People loved it. It's called the, the round table. I mean, the big round table, and we put all different kinds of notable people or guests at that table once a week, and it did very well. We had Thanksgiving special at the table and all. So 
And then when I was uh, anchoring Weekend Today in New York uh, on Channel 4, WNBC, and they said, would you like to do a special feature? And I came up with this idea that I would take a group of, of sort of known New Yorkers. I'm not talking the A-list crowd, but people everybody knew, like the weathermen from, from all the different stations, radio personalities like yourself in, in, in the New York vicinity, whatever, people in Broadway shows. And I'd take them to a restaurant. They'd meet me, and we'd, we'd film a little bit of what the restaurant was like and a little bit of conversation. So it was actually sort of a quasi-restaurant review show. So the Food Network, I got on the Food Network. I was doing a show called TV Diners, and another one, uh, talking food, substituting for Robin Leach. Okay. So they come to me and say, we got to come up with something that is not like Sarah Moulton or David Rosengarden or Emerald behind the counter cooking. <clears throat> so I immediately thought of my concept. So what I did was I got Bill Cosby. I know he's a vilified character, but this is what happened. Cosby, I knew from Philadelphia. He had a favorite restaurant in, in New York called Ennio and Michael. Two terrific Italian men running this place. A warm family. And Cosby loved it. So I got in touch with his office. I asked him if he would meet me there on a Saturday. I went down. He stayed long enough for me to shoot a pilot. Me and Bill Cosby and I, Ennio and Michael. And that's how I got Bill Box Corner Table on the air. And then booking was difficult because, Harry, you know how well-established the Food Network is now, right? It's like a, of course. a monolith. Yeah. yeah, okay. People thought I was nuts. I really mean it. To leave WNBC for the Food Network. The Food Network is a national network, and I thought what I'm doing would be, be more fun and more up, up my alley. I never considered myself a newsman or a news anchor, which is what I was doing it for. So basically... I created this thing, and it, it, let's face it, it, it was a scam. I got here. Look, look, look at this. I mean, I should be arrested for this. <laughs> I got the Food Network to pay me really good money to go to the greatest restaurants in America, sit down, eat for free with big name celebrities, be on television, and get paid for it. And that's how Bill Boggs Corner Table came to be. And if you go to my YouTube channel, Bill Boggs TV, on YouTube, if you go to that channel, you will find a lot of those interviews, and most notably, one with the late, great Jerry Stiller, which oh. we did in New York at one of his favorite restaurants. But what they used to say about Jerry Stiller, Bill, he was never like the lead role, but he always stole every scene. Yeah, he really could steal a scene. Uh, you know who the most, world's most famous scene that was supposed to be? Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney was like, no, nobody wanted to make a movie with a guy because he stole everything. <laughs> but Jerry Stiller had a tremendous reputation in the business. You never heard anybody say a negative word about Jerry Stiller. You know, I've been in the show business since, I, since 1969. No, since 1967 with the comedy team. Apache and Tarsus, and then Betty Hughes and Friends on WCAU-TV, wow. the Cleaning Company on KYW. <sighs> Excuse me. God bless. Me, but I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, so I've been in show business like 40 years, and you hear a lot about different people. People hear a lot about Harry. They hear a lot of... I never heard a bad word about Jerry Stiller. Never heard a bad word about Dean Martin. 
Wow. Another example. Huge star. Nobody ever said a bad thing about the guy. Let me just tell, tell everybody that's just tuning in. You're listening to, I'm going to call him a legend because he is, the legendary Bill Boggs. We're, we're going to review his book, The Adventures of Spike the Wonder Dog. Do as I did. Go and support Bill and his great work. And go to Amazon. You'll have it in a couple of days. It said to me, I'm going to have it before the end of the week. Uh, it's great. You'll love it. It's a great story. And while people are all pen in and all that, pen up, locked in and all that, it'll give you something nice to read uh, that um, you'll love it in your on your bookshelf and 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 then read read the book actually. Bill, I want to ask you because you've interviewed them all in your career. You've interviewed Sinatra, who I was very privileged to have some hang time with uh, back in the eighties. Miles Davis, you've Dudley Moore, Hugh Hefner. I could keep going. You've interviewed them all. Do you have a standout interview that, if I asked you to name one or two, that immediately come to your attention? Well, because you mentioned Frank Sinatra, I'll leave with Frank Sinatra. It was in fact twenty-two, uh, twenty-two years ago today that Frank Sinatra died. Right? Uh, the Sinatra interview came about. First off, I was a huge Sinatra fan. I mean, let's look back into the '60s. What was the nightclub that Sinatra played at in Atlantic City every summer? To you do know, favor for its friend Skinny. You know, the 500 Club. Yep. So, look, I'm, I'm staying right in your neighborhood down there, my friend. That's right. Over there in o- Ocean City, ten miles south of Atlantic City, there's a 17-year-old kid named Bill Boggs working as a bellhop at the Lincoln Hotel at the corner of Ninth and Wesley in Ocean City. He sees that Frank Sinatra is coming to the 500 Club. People are going nuts. They're screaming and hollering. Everybody in, everybody in South Jersey wants to go to the 500 Club. It's like the early 60s. Of course, I can't get in. But nevertheless, I concoct an Oceans of like scheme that we, once I find out that the busboys wear white jackets and black pants, I concoct a scheme that my friend David Fixler from Vineland, New Jersey, and I will go over without even casing the joint you drive over. We found out the shows were 9, 11, and 12. We parked the car at like 10.30, cased the back, the back alley behind the 500 Club, and walk into the 500 Club at like 20 of 11. We go through the kitchen. No one spots us. We're dressed like busboys. It's, 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 it's chaotic. We come out into a huge area. Well, not huge. An area where people are waving money to get into a room. I've never been in a nightclub in my life. I figure, hey, that must be the room. We, we elbow our way in, and there we are at 10 minutes to 11 before the 11 o'clock show. But the audience from the 9 o'clock show was just leaving. So we're in there, but we realize, holy Jesus, what are we going to do? The place, the show's not going to start for like 40 minutes. So you know what we did, Harry? Do tell. We look like, well, we look like busboys. All dressed like busboys, we looked around. What were the other busboys doing? They were setting up tables. So for the next hour, the half hour, they got free work. We set up tables, and then Buddy Lester came on. The place went nuts with a comedian. Sinatra came out, and I said, we took off the white jackets, put on long ties. Nobody could see us. Leaned up against the pillar, and 20 feet away, there was Frank Sinatra. And that's how I met. That's how I first saw Sinatra. Fifteen years later, Julie introduced me to him at 4 o'clock in the morning in Las Vegas. I told him that story, which was a notable story because 
No one believed it when we went back to the Ocean City. And so my friend and I went back the next night, snuck in, took pictures. And it ended up in the Atlantic City newspaper that two guys had snuck into the 500 Club Justice Busboys. And Sinatra says to me, the night I met him, you're the guy. Just like that. Wow. What a story. We're going to take one and only break during our time with Bill. And it's right now. We'll be back in three minutes. You are listening to a legend in our industry, a four-time Emmy Award winner. It's tough to get one. Uh, television talk show host, best-selling author, and professional speaker. Bill Boggs is here, a national uh, legend and clearly a Delaware Valley legend. Uh, even though I sort of consider us contemporaries, I grew up with uh, Bill Boggs on TV and just have always loved your work, Bill. We're reviewing Bill's new comedic novel, The Adventures of Spike the Wonder Dog. If you're just joining the program, uh, do as I did already, uh, not as I say, and uh, pick up Bill's new book. I think the easiest way to do it is just go to Amazon.com, and if you're a uh, Amazon Prime member, you'll get it very, very quickly, and of course, no shipping charge, and you can get either the Kindle version or do as I did, get the hardback uh, version of Bill's book, and then what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to stalk Bill Boggs until I get my book autographed. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Bill Boggs. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, great one. I'm with another great one, Bill Boggs, the multi-Emmy Award winner and the author of his new book, The Adventures of Spike the Wonder Dog. Bill, I know uh, so, because I'm taking the uh, the collateral here with text messages and social media messages and so on. You have so many fans in the Delaware Valley, and we know you most for your television work, but you have a whole career as a writer. Let's for today because we're previewing your book that's about to be released in five days which you can order right now and also beyond just going straight to amazon and then having to do one more step and and put in under the question bar uh bill boggs all i did was put bill boggs and it, boom it popped right up uh the book but you can go to order spike.com and that hyperlink that will take you directly to the amazon uh, order page, and we'll take a step out of it by doing it that way. Orderspike.com. So we could talk about the great interviews you've done, and we're going to bring you back and, and do some more stuff in, in the future. But let's talk today for the rest of the time that we have, Bill, about the writing side of Bill Boggs. Take it away. Well, thank you, Harry. I, you know, essentially, I've always been a writer. Back at Lincoln High School in, in Philadelphia, Northeast Philadelphia, where I went to high school, and, and University of Pennsylvania, where I went to school, I did a lot, I did a lot of writing, and I seemed to do well. Um, back in the 80s, I had the idea for a comedic uh, love story, uh, and uh, I sense I'm a person who just like to use whatever small gift I have. There's so many things I can't do. But if I can get on TV and interview people, if I can write, then I try to use those gifts because 99% of the other things I'm not very, I'm not very good at. Anyway, <laughs> so I wrote a book called At First Sight, and it did well. It was actually optioned by a multi-academy award-winning person for a movie. I don't want to say their name because nothing happened with it. They didn't do anything with it, but that was a success. 
So the last TV show that I was working on was called My Generation for the AARP, and it was on PBS, and the thing did very well. We kept getting nominated for Emmys and losing to Martha Stewart. She beat us three times. But anyway, when that went off the air, I said to my beloved uh, companion, my partner, my girlfriend, Jane Rothschild, I'm going to write. I'm going to focus on writing because I have an idea. And the idea was, back in North Carolina, before I went to New York, I had a show called Southern Exposure, and on that show, my own dog, who was a, a white English bull terrier, you know, like Spuds McKenzie, the target dog with a black spot on his eye. Yep. The dog was on the show, and the dog was hysterical. It, it would look at a guest and just stare at a guest while the guest was talking and then just start yawning mm-hmm. or rolling over and fall, or walking off in the middle of an interview. And then I shot a lot of novelty material with Spike. It became Spike the Wonder Dog. Anyway... Right before coming to New York, Spike was killed by a drunk driver. It was horrible. I, I don't want to go into how bad it was. Anyway, so here was my idea. What if Spike hadn't gotten killed and had come to New York with me and became a gigantic television star and social media star in today's world? So I had this, all I had was the idea that that could happen and they'd become very famous and then some the dog would be kidnapped. You know, there's a horrible problem with horrible problem with uh, dogs being taken off the street and anything. And by the way, a portion of proceeds of this book go to animal rescue organizations. I keep forgetting to mention that. That's important. So here's what happened. Creatively I sit down to write and a magical thing happens that happens to some fiction writers. The voice of the central character this crazy, funny dog I had that got killed somehow transmorphed itself into a human voice in my head that was a voice I had never written in before, never spoken in before, and it was very funny, observational comedy along the lines of a Jerry Seinfeld looking at the foibles of human life. As soon as this hit me, the first day, I knew I had something. So I wrote for about a year and four months, the Avengers of Spike the Underdog, as told to Bill Boggs, right? Then I took the, the first draft, and I gave it to 10 people whom I knew, and I said, I'll take you out to dinner, the restaurant of your choice, but I'm on a favor. I want you to read my manuscript and tell me exactly what you think. Is it too long? Is it stupid? Does it work? Is it too stupid? Whatever it is. And I wanted to test it on 10 people in the same way that a comedian would test material before doing a big special. 10 people over the course of the next couple of months, each one said, laugh out loud funny. This is really good. Keep at it. So I went back and went through it and punched it up, polished it. And right now, the, the very last quote we got from a reviewer was, laugh out loud funny, smart satire. So, little did I know when I wrote The Avengers of Spike the Wonder Dog, little did I know that I would be promoting it at a time when short of a virus, sorry, yeah. laughter, laughter is the best medicine. I think that if somebody gets my book, and I hope, if, hope your listeners will go to orderspike.com, they read the book, it will divert them from the terrible situation we're in right now. And it's a complete, it's, it's send-up. And, 
the, the dog's master is a talk show host like me. <laughs> a huge amount in it is inspired by actual things that happened during my TV career. Huge amount. If you had to pick all the things you've done, you've done TV, you've done radio, you've written, you've done all these things. I talk to people that do both or even do three things, right? Do radio and do TV. And they, one, they, they like it all and they like it all a lot, but there's usually one they love the most. What is your favorite uh, form of the media that you've been a part of? Thank you. That's a, no one has ever asked me that question. I would say long-form interviewing, Harry. That's my favorite. Taking somebody, like, for example, Little Richard, okay? Yeah. Little Richard and I sat down on Midday Live, and we talked for 35 minutes. And that was back, like, maybe in 1984. You couldn't do that on television. Well, you couldn't do that on any existing television show today because segments are shorter. If Little Richard won the Ellen DeGeneres show, as successful as that show is, you would never get the look into Little Richard that you would get on a long-form, long interview. Like, by the way, Little Richard, that Little Richard interview is on Bill Boggs TV on YouTube. It's free. Go to subscribe to it, and you'll see. Anyway, long-form interviewing. So guess what? As a result of the crisis, one night, the night they were closing, all the restaurants we were living at this, at this point, and we knew we wouldn't be back in a restaurant again. I had a couple of glasses of wine with dinner. I went for a walk, and I thought, I want to do a show to entertain people. And so seven weeks ago, we created a show called Trapped Live with Bill Boggs. I got a little camera, a good camera for my computer. And so far, we've had people like the comedian Tom Cotter, Lucy Arnaz, Lisa Lampanelli, Anne Hampton Calloway, Dina Martin, Dean Martin's daughter, uh, Jack Jones is going to be on in two weeks, a singer. Tomorrow at 5 o'clock on, on Facebook and on Bill Boggs TV, my YouTube channel, we're doing a 40-minute long-form interview on Celebration of Sinatra with Tom Dreesen, the oh. comedian, and Will Freewell, the writer. Now, this will be a real conversation about Frank and a real subject. All of the shows involve long-form interviewing. And so I'm back on the air doing that as a result of wanting to entertain people during the crisis. Hey, Bill, I got to tell you, the last time I saw Sinatra at the Golden Nugget Hotel Casino in Atlantic City, a property I know you know, uh, Tom Dreesen was the opening act. Sinatra was always of the belief that a comedian should open for a singer, that a singer should not open for a singer. Uh, that's true, although I did see Pia Zadora open for Frank Sinatra once because of uh, uh, Frank's friendship with her husband, and uh, John Pizzarelli, the singer-guitarist, yeah. opened for Frank in New Jersey because they were both New Jersey guys. There but, you go. Yeah, he, had, he would have Pat Henry. He, wanted, he, he had Frank, Frank had Freddie Roman, uh, a lot of different comedians over the years open for Frank. And you, you actually, Harry, you should, I'll give you the contact so you can get Tom Dreesen on your show. Oh, I can't wait. He, he, he can't did, wait. I'll give you that contact. Thank you. I'll give you that contact. Appreciate yeah. that. Appreciate that. So it's interesting you say long-form interviews because it's my absolute favorite. And I, I, I'm a throwback, but I understand and I respect the, the current atmospherics of, of how segments work. And But you see so often now 
nobody has the time to develop like we've done. This is a long-form interview with Bill Boggs. We've been able to cover things. If I had you for five minutes, I would be interrupting you to say that um, the interview is over. Uh, good luck. You can get Bill's book at uh, you know uh, orderspike.com, and see you next time, Bill. And it's hello, goodbye. But the long-form interview allows you to develop so much more, and the audience actually gets to know the person quite a bit. That's, that is correct. Well, there's plenty of evidence of that. Again, I'm not selling Billbox TV on YouTube. I'm just saying this is where you can see this. If you, there's a long form. Here, at the top of my head, Miles Davis from my interview at KYW-TV after I left New York. Long, an hour with Miles Davis. Wow. An hour, an hour with Jerry Lewis, right? Mm. A half hour with uh, Yul Brenner, Natalie Wood, Sean Connery, uh, all all manner of people. Not all the people I've interviewed. Only a fraction. By of the them. way, thank God you kept all these interviews because these these I mean, are priceless. I, I kept some. I kept some. Whew. I mean, for example, uh, Christ, the ones that I don't have they, they they haunt me. Every once in a while, I'd say tape the show, and we have like a major guest on, and they forgot to roll tape. But uh, in a few, in enough cases, tapes were tapes were saved. Uh, there's a terrific couple of segments with uh, William Shatner on there from oh, Star Trek, man. So I can, uh, Chris, Christina Crawford uh, on my Food Network series, Ivanka Trump, uh, you know, Trump's first wife. There's all, all manner of people there. Martha Stewart. Just go to Bill Boggs TV, subscribe, and see what you think. And then this trap live show that I do, after I do it live on Friday at 5 o'clock, it lives on forever on my YouTube channel. So, for example, if you like Lisa Lampanelli or you're interested in Dean Martin's daughter, Dina Martin, just, just type in Dina Martin and Bill Boggs, and boom, there's last week's 40-minute interview. I met Dina Martin uh, about a year or two ago at the Fox studio, right at the uh, Fox & Friends studio, what a lovely individual. Yeah, she's terrific. And she's funny. Yes. She's got her father she's got her father's sense of humor. I mean, Dean Martin was a beloved guy. You know, I actually remember I was talking about sneaking in to see Frank Sinatra, the yeah. five hundred club. I actually did it multiple times. I snuck in and saw Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra there a couple years later. Did you ever see Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis at the five hundred club? No, no. My mother my mother saw Martin and Lewis <sighs> On the boardwalk in Atlantic City, at the time that they were at the 500 Club, they were on the boardwalk clowning around, and my mother was on the beach in Atlantic City when they did that thing where one of them was out in the ocean pretending to drown, and the other ran out to save him. Uh, so my mother was a huge Jerry Lewis fan, and I was fortunate in my life, um, Harry, to get to know Jerry Lewis. Wow. What, he, uh, oh, yeah. Genius. Uh, Comedic genius. I mean, at so many levels producer, director, actor, comedian. And the thing about Jerry Lewis that I don't think he got his due, he did several very memorable roles that were not comedic at all. He had the chops, Bill Boggs. Jerry Lewis could do it all. Well, I wish he had done more. I, yeah. I really mean that. I agree with that. In addition, his last movie, which we, imagine this, at the Fires Club of New York, in which I was, I'm a former officer. I'm like an officer emeritus now. <laughs> His last movie was called Max Dugan. It's not something like that. 
And it was about a man who lives, in, whose wife dies, and he has to go live in a retirement home, Harris. And it's Jerry Lewis acting. I mean, Jerry told us he went, he studied these men, old men in retirement homes. We had a screening of this movie for 30 people in a room hosted by Jerry Lewis at the Friars Club. Wow. It was a, it really meant, like, my beloved Jane was there. We, it was really mesmerizing to talk to him. So he, the movie screens, he walks in. After the movie, he says, Sal, what'd you think? <laughs> like that. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Hey, look, I'm, I'm looking at the clock. I am over the time that we, we promised. Uh, do you need to run? Nope. Then, then do me a favor. Hang out with me for a little bit. Let's get this break in that we're a little bit late for, and we'll see how Bill is doing for time when we come back in just a few minutes. With Bill Boggs, respectfully yours, I am early in the morning. And uh, in case you can't tell, I'm loving every minute of this. Your content this morning, Bill, is just, for a talk radio junkie, for someone that loves our industry, is just um, it's just gold. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hey, Sean Hannity here, encouraging you all to stay up to the minute on all the information on the coronavirus pandemic with your local health professionals and most of all, listening to this great radio station. By staying informed, we will stop the spread of coronavirus. Your home for Hurley in the Morning and me, Sean Hannity, WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. BBEL.com. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. He's agreed to stay. We've got him for about another 15 minutes. Let's make it count. We are visiting with the legendary Bill Boggs, the author of his new comedic novel, The Adventures of Spike the Wonder Dog. Easiest way to order Bill's book. Just go onto your web browser, order Spike, S P I. K-E, orderspike.com, and it'll take you right to the Amazon.com page where you can just order it right then and there. You have an option of the um, the Kindle version or the hardback version. I'm going to urge you to get the hardback version because it's always nice to just – it's on your d- digital device, but that hard drive is going to fail at some point. It's going to be gone. The book you'll always have. Get Get the hardback book. It's The Adventures of Spike the Wonder Dog as Told by bill boggs who who joins us this morning my wife just reminded me during the break bill that it was in fact skinny d'amato that put dean martin and jerry lewis together and we know that's right the legendary that's association correct. that they had wow right yeah good. they had the martin and lewis had been performing harry at one of the catskills clubs separately and they hit it off and they did fool around a little bit in upstate new york uh so when they appeared at the 500 Club, uh, it was sort of an emergency situation. They put together an act that, that really caught fire, was legendary. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention something, yeah. and that is this Trap Live series. One of our best guests so far was the great Bobby Rydell from, from the Philadelphia vicinity, and that also is on my YouTube channel. So if you got a fan of Bobby Rydell out there, uh, just check him out on Bill Boggs TV. He's a, a great guy and one of the best male singers working today. How exciting is this for you, Bill, that you come from a story, lengthy career, in the traditional way that the media, that, that television was put on, 
And now the fact that you can have your own billbox channel, be your own station, be your own, you know, not that you weren't your own person before, but this is a whole different uh, way of doing what you've always done. Well, Harry, this is what I will say. I think as a result of this, I mean, let's face it, the crisis of the century that we're facing here of our lifetimes, it's a horrible situation we're in. When there is a vaccine, when we're through this, when we're safe, the entertainment industry will be as, as the work industry will be, the workplace will be substantially changed. There were people like myself all over the world doing these homemade shows, and some of the, and some of them are going to really take a root into our culture and, and continue and stay on. There will be a way to find sponsorship for them. Audiences will grow. And as a result, you'll have a form of television uh, that is less slick, that, that, is less, that it is not phony, that doesn't have uh, screaming, hollering audiences being cued and juiced up like, you know, uh, every 10 minutes. That is more authentic. What I'm doing and what many other people are doing now is really authentic conversation yep. without, the, without the overriding of feeling we got a sponsor coming up, we have to do this, we have to do that. So I think I think, uh, appreciate your mentioning that. I don't know if my show Trap Live will be part of it, but we're sure having a good time in the process. And the goal is to entertain people. Yeah. I'm not making a dime off this. I'm putting hours in every week with Jeff Leibovitz, my director and, and announcer and engineer, because we want to do something to entertain people. The same thing, ironically, when I wrote the book and I got my publishing deal with Post Hill Press, this is not a self-published book. Post Hill Press has been around for like 75 years. Little did I know that I'd be promoting book during a pandemic yeah. when people can use some laughs. That's why I think it's, I mean, I don't want to use the term fortuitous because it's horrible what everybody's going through. It's, it's I mean, telling people you can't work for the, last, the, the past seven weeks, I mean, it's a nightmare. But for something like this, to be able to go and get Bill's book at orderspike.com, The Adventures of Spike, the Wonder Dog, as told by Bill Boggs, and just something. I'm a big believer in suspension of belief. We talk about it on this program, and we do it sometimes because people are waking up thinking about it. When am I going to go back? Be able to go back to work? Am I going to be able to go back to work? Is my company even going to exist if this shutdown stuff continues? You hear uh, uh, Los Angeles County, Bill Boggs. I know you know the area. Uh, they're going to be shut down. Till the end of August? I mean, what's going to be left? If you shut your business down for what will wind up being, what, five months? You, you, you're you going to be picking up pieces at that point. So this for anybody out there that can't embrace how serious this, this pandemic is, get told that you've already been shut in for two months, going on three, and you might be shut in for another three months. That's too much to bear. The, o- the only solution to this is the vaccine. Because, yeah. you know, the concept of staying at home is flattening the curve, meaning that fewer people are becoming infected because we're not out in a normal society. 
but the virus has gone nowhere. Right. It's not like, oh. It's just less people. You're not getting infected because you are not being exposed to it and what they call that herd immunity stuff. You don't get the flu. You don't get the um, the COVID-19 because you're not around anybody. Now, of course, it's really sticky and even getting food delivered or going to pick up food or shopping at your shopping market. I mean, people have been really compliant and still can get it, Bill. I know. It's true. That's the thing that, that everyone has to realize as horrible as it is and i fully understand people have to go back to work just because we reopen doesn't mean the virus has disappeared it's true it's still out there it's still out there well if you believe as i do the passes prologue i mean look at the spanish flu of 1917 uh through 1919 uh it had a second wave it had a third wave people talking about this uh, being around forever, that it will go from pandemic to endemic. Uh, that's why I'm in the Bill Boggs school. We have to have an effective virus. And then not only is it treatable, but you can then confidently go. Because, because what we need again, if you were doing an evening at Resorts Casino Hotel with Bill Boggs, we want 1,300 people minimum in that superstar theater where Sinatra and all the greats have performed. We don't want to be told you can have 25% of a crowd and you're, you're sitting uh, 30 feet apart. So we do need that vaccine because that's when we can get back to normal. You have to pray for the scientists and the doctors yeah. and the pharmaceutical companies of the world to save us. That's it. Science, no. science is the only solution there. It's, I won't be like, remember the end of the movie War of the Worlds, yep. Harry? Yep. Where suddenly the biggest threat dies because they couldn't take the oxygen in the atmosphere on Earth? Yep. No, it's not going to be like the end of War on the World. No, we need, we need a vaccine. And, and also, I don't want to scare anybody, but this is the kind of virus. It's already mutated. Uh, and so it's always, that's the thing about these types of things. They're persistent and they want to live. So they'll adapt. If you're getting close, then they'll change. And so we really have to, um, throw everything we have at this. Bill, we have about two minutes left. I can't, I can't thank you enough for even the, um, the bonus overtime. I, I had an expectation about what it was going to be like to meet you and and let me just say um in kindness but also in truth you didn't disappoint uh you're everything that i thought you were and i've really enjoyed our time together why don't we spend the next couple of minutes talking about your new comedic novel the adventures of spike the wonder dog anything you'd like to share yes, in closing thank you. well yes we have a couple of things there's a website the com. if anybody out there is on instagram it is a spike underscore Wonder Dog. On Twitter, it's at Spike Wonder Dog. And if anyone would like to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Real Bill Boggs and on um, Instagram as Rat Packer. So that's my. But the book, look, the book has gotten great advanced reviews. All of the reviewers are saying it's laugh out loud funny. The New York Daily News said there's a screenplay in this. It, it's designed for the big screen. The author of Forrest Gump, and there's a similarity between the Avengers of Forrest Gump and the dog, wrote highly original and hilarious satire. Spike is the latest canine literary hero to take on the world with 
unbelievable results. So the invention of Spike the Wonder Dog it may be the closest thing I ever write to a Bill Boggs memoir, and it's narrated by a dog, and somehow it comes together, Harry, and it works. I love it. Bill, Bill, I'm going to stretch one minute if you answer this question for me because I think it's a good question. The fact, and you said earlier that you spent a year and four months, that doesn't tell me the answer to this question because you could have spent a year and four months because you just wanted to make it perfect. You weren't going to release it until you knew it was right. Uh, that could mean it was hard to write. That, that could mean it's easy to write, but you just spent the quality time on it. Spending the amount of time on your comedic novel, uh, talk about was it an easy write? Was it difficult? Your, your, your thoughts. Not difficult. Not easy. It was, uh, I guess it it was thrilling to go through the process of having like a movie going on in my mind and being able to transfer that to the written page. I've always had a good imagination. I grew up listening to radio, the theater of the mind. It's really, I have extremely vivid interior imagination in terms of visualizing things. So to answer your question was, it was an enormously satisfying experience. The most difficult part, Harry, was in the beginning, blocking out the time every day. Yeah. No, I, I basically wrote in the afternoon, meaning I made no plans for, plans for the afternoon. I would essentially have a very busy morning, get my exercise, do everything I was doing, and around one thirty, lie down in bed, relax, Drink a Ruta energy beverage, which is a, a natural energy beverage made from tea leaves. Uh, and then look at the clock and say, okay, in 20 minutes, I'm getting up. And say at 10 of 10, 10 of 2, I get up, walk to my desk, and this phone turned off. Deep concentration for about an hour and 20 minutes, at the most two hours, several days a week. A small amount of time, Harry, every day, mm. over... A long period of time. But quality time, and you dedicated the time. It was your undivided attention for that period of time. It's what's called deep concentration. Deep concentration is only achieved when you give yourself time to be in it. And you can be, if you, if you pick up your phone, your phone vibrates, it, it can take you four or five minutes to get back to a state of deep concentration. Yeah, sure. The interruptions you know, are yeah, a killer. I couldn't have written this, say, like in a coffee shop with people wandering around. Some people can write like that. I need isolation. I don't want any music in the background, nothing. Everyone is different in that regard. I appreciate that. Hey, Bill, uh, for our listeners, orderspike.com, orderspike.com. And it's been an honor, a privilege to present you this morning, Bill, and I'd like to do it again someday. We will do it again, Harry. You were a good man. I want to say hello to all of my friends. As you know, I'm a native Philadelphia. Yep. And worked in Atlantic City. <clears throat> My parents went on their honeymoon in Atlantic City. I worked in Ocean City. God bless that area of the country. Thank Love you. South Jersey. Love South Jersey. Thank you, Bill. We'll, uh, I'll say goodbye off the air. Hold on for me real quick. And uh, what a delight. Bill Boggs, orderspike.com. Your calls are next. It's Hurley in the Morning. Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. I got to thank a friend of mine, Johnny. He sent me something. I don't know how long ago he sent it, but wow. 
All I can tell you is I watched a couple of minutes of it during the break. It's 1919 Atlantic City Boardwalk Restored. It says time travel in 4K. And it is awesome. The train coming in, the boardwalk. Oh, my gosh. It is amazing. And their sound, really, and and probably some of the best images, because it's been restored, for that era. You think about that, 1919. You're talking about seven years after the Titanic sank. A hundred and what? One or two years ago. Amazing. Also, here's another amazing thing. We've been pumping all morning about the WPG Talk Radio and our other five Town Square Media Radio stations partnering today, one day only, Community Food Bank of New Jersey Radiothon event, all benefiting the Southern Branch, which means that the money you donate stays in Atlantic, Cape May, and Cumberland counties. And we had a goal coming into the event of $20,000. We are now at 14177 we cr- We're crushing it, crushing it. Uh, and the goal now is 20000 So there you go. Uh, that's, if we had been at 10000 at the end of the day, you'd be happy. Now the goal doubles. So keep in mind, that doesn't count the 1000 that we contributed from the Hurley in the Morning charity because they'll add that in when they receive it. It's going out in today's mail. So it's over 15177 and times that by three. So now I'll take the, the not, not that it's small change because it's a lot of money, I'll take the dollars at the end off and just say 15000 So now you're looking at 45,000 meals that the listeners of Town Square Media have contributed. So if you haven't had a chance to make a contribution, keep in mind a $20 contribution will provide 60 meals. Every dollar provides three meals. So the math is amazing in that respect. The The contribution is easy to do and very secure on the WPG app or at WPGTalkRadio.com. And on behalf of all six of our stations that are Town Square Media, Atlantic City, um, they've all done such a great job today uh, dedicating themselves to this really worthy cause And keep in mind, the Community Food Bank of New Jersey has experienced a 55% decrease in food donations. You can understand why so many people are out of work. And at the same time, they have a 60% increase in demand for their services. So they can't do it alone. And with our help, we can reach more families during a very uncertain time. And your gift really does make a big difference. Hey, Dan, welcome to Hurley in the Morning. Uh, I know you. Because you know, you know something about everything, and I mean that not in a wisecracking sense, a wise guy sense. You really do know something about everything, sports, pop culture, music, movies, everything. Uh, I would be absolutely shocked, and I know I'm not going to be, you certainly know the name Bill Boggs, correct? I do. You have to. You're Dan. You have to. Yeah, I do. I, uh, I, uh, part, of, uh, part of my childhood, actually. Me too. I grew up with Bill Boggs, yeah. uh, watching his talk show, and that for me, th- that's sort of like a Gene London thing for me. When I get to talk to the people that I grew up just loving their work, I loved his interviews, and uh, that was just, that was a thrill to just to talk to him. Good stuff. Yeah, I thought so. You know, Harry, I'm a very appreciative that you had uh, 
a good education in your basic arithmetic because if you had to do that calculation with Common Core, 15,000 times 3. Yeah, 45,000 circles. Uh, I would have been able to tell you by, I don't know, maybe the time they certify an election in California. I would have been able to tell you a few weeks later. I got it. I got it. Don't don't worry about 15,000 is easy to just triple into 45,000. Yeah, that, that, that look, you know what's going on, Dan. They're destroying our country. It's a plan. The, the the end of the day is there's going to be more and more. I don't Dan, I I honestly mean this and I you know I'm an eternal optimist. I believe we can only stave off. We can only slow down the rate. This country is headed to socialism. Period. It is. And they're going to hate it when they get it. But this country will be a socialist republic. I don't know when, but we're on our way. Amazing stuff. And uh, a couple things about uh, on set, I do disagree, because in the South, if you have a $400 shotgun, you're not keeping it for a couple reasons in an open car. It's, he's painting a picture that doesn't exist, because that's that's an asset. And also, if somebody, two 14-year-old kids grab it and kill somebody accidentally, you're getting contributory negligence. Those people know how to lock up those guns. Yeah, so you think that's more of like a throwback to the rack in the back of the, the pickup, and you would just have the, the shotgun and, and those two little uh, clips in the back, and it would just sit back there, that this is more, this is, in modern times, this is different, is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And uh, another thing about handling, because I've, I've been in close confrontations with weapons, and in fact, too close. And first of all, if the people were pursuing or setting up a roadblock, the first thing the 911 operator is going to tell them is, do not pursue. Well, that's why I kept trying, and I want people to listen to that call with the dispatcher, and I, I, I just don't have... It committed to memory, and, and, and I knew basically during yesterday's program that Seth was going to be calling in, so I didn't get to do my usual show prep on the topic. So I, I held my own based on just the fact that I do pay attention to what's going on. Uh, but that conversation, she was basically telling them that there doesn't seem to be any reason why you're doing what you're doing right now. That's what I got out of no. that conversation. And if you're going into a construction site... The it's more likely that you're stopping to make a bathroom stop as a jogger instead of uh, running away with a table saw. Yeah, exactly. Dan, the end of the program is here. Thank you for being a friend, first of all, and thanks for listening and calling in when you can. If you haven't had a chance to make a contribution yet, remember, every dollar you contribute to our fundraiser today, working with the Community Food Bank of New Jersey for the Southern Branch. We're helping Atlantic Cape May and Cumberland County. We're doing this for our friends and families right now it's a dollar and that means three me live from the fox news radio studios in new york city fresh off the set of fox and friends it's america's receptive voice brian kilmeade it's going to be a big hour. We've got Adam Kinzig at the bottom of the hour and Chris Wallace just getting out of the shower. Uh, big day. The economy, not good, but as expected, about 3 million uh, more have lost their jobs. Unemployment expected to peak out at 25%. It's now at 17%. The President of the United States going over to Pennsylvania to check out uh, this plant that's doing a lot of PPE. Uh, 
goings on and they're having success. But I'll tell you, a lot of these states are really battling uh, their governors because they're opening up too slow and they're doing a one size fits all. Also, a whistleblower will be in front of the House committee today. His name is Dr. Rick Wright. Rick Bright, he says he knew everything before it happened. So we'll look forward to the latest person to be inside the Trump, uh, the White House. Uh, or serving at the CDC and then turn at him. Uh, what else is new? Uh, meanwhile, the President of the United States uh, is trailing Joe Biden nationally, but he got some good news. On every battleground state in this poll, uh, which was co-done by CNN, he is beating Joe Biden. Sound familiar? Let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. This is not any uh, wish list that is not related to the coronavirus and to this time frame. It isn't about politics. It's about humanity. This isn't time for a pause. Oh, yeah, there's uh, Nancy Pelosi all over the place. Rescue bill number four. Uh, is it more about a political agenda or is there truly a need for a lifesaver? Number two. Do you think your critics want you to keep it closed going into the election? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's a it's a political thing in addition. It was up to some people. Let's keep it closed for a long time. Uh, that is the president of the United States. Uh, I've been pointing this out for a while. State by state, the president is now involved in Pennsylvania's rebellion around the nation. California, New Jersey, Wisconsin, Hawaii. Uh, many residents are getting restless and they want their own fate in their own hands. As it's estimated, 100,000 small businesses have already collapsed. So we have to find out if there's a way forward. Number one. And I think this is astonishing. Vice President Biden, all of President Obama's inner circle, individually were requesting the unmasking of a political opponent. This is a smoking gun if there ever was one. There you go, Senator Rand Paul. He is fired up. Unmasking mystery. Why would nearly 50 Obamaites seek to unmask one man, Mike Flynn? And why is Joe Biden's name on the list? Speaking of Flynn, his case took a nasty turn and a befuddling turn as well on Wednesday. And now, the Brian Kilmeade Show welcomes back Mr. Sunday, the receptive voice, the king, author of the new book, Countdown 19. The slogan, the receptive voice, is the most idiotic slogan I've ever heard. Is it because you do not qualify as receptive? Here it is. In this instance, the voice is a person, meaning Brian Kilmeade. And Brian Kilmeade, the voice, is willing and accepting suggestions and ideas. But we can change it for you, Mr. Wallace. No problem. America's non-receptive person. You do not qualify as receptive. All that and so much more. You have misplayed this so badly because okay. we had a wonderful little thing going here. Yep. Chris Wallace. That is a new. There you go, Chris. Even in these hard times, <laughs> that is a new, I will say, very snarky, very unpleasant, totally misleading, but it is a new intro, and, and I applaud that. You applaud new. That's all you'll give me credit for, or Frank and, uh, and Eric credit for, right? That, well, I knew. And, and, and incidentally, they didn't get a chance to say the author of the new book, Countdown 19. You know, I'm going to tell you a little story today. I'm sure this happened okay. to you, but with your first, which was your first book, George Washington? Uh, the very first was The Games Do Count, uh, then It's How You Play oh, the Game, right. my first history book, George Washington's Secret Six. 
Okay. And so, I was the power player for that one. I was the power player yes, you in were. the show. Yes, and I'm glad you remember that. I, you came down to Washington. We did a whole interview with you. We gave you three minutes of plugola time. In any case, there's a box arrives yesterday, and you have to understand, I mean, we're, we're uh, disinfecting the box. We open it up, and there are the first hard copies of Countdown 1945. Now, Tell your listeners how exciting it is when you open it up. You've, you've seen galleys. You've seen, you know, things online. When you actually get the real book with the glossy cover and all of that in your hand, how exciting is that? It's very exciting. And what I think is key is they put the bubble wrap in, the big bubbles, not the foam. Was it in the foam? Because the foam gets annoying. You take the book out and then the foam, little foam pieces go everywhere. But did you get the bubble wrap? I don't think we got anything. And no, it was just a bunch of books in a box. Why do you oh, need okay. foam? It's a book. It's not a piece of china. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. <laughs> they usually, I usually get like one that comes in at a time. You got a whole box. That's great. I got, so it's exciting, I got, right? I got, Is your picture on the cover? No, it's, I'm not like you. I'm not an egomaniac. The picture is in the back flap. And I have to say the picture, which was really quite good. Uh, it doesn't look so great in here. It looks a little muddled. I don't think I does do justice <laughs> to the receptive voice. Well, a lot of times, uh, the best authors are blurry on the inside flap. So maybe well, then, uh, the blurry there you go. Chris I'm Wallace. I qualify. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's exciting. And as we get closer, hopefully the pandemic, more and more states will be able to stand up. Listen, what the president said, I've been detecting, uh, Chris, I know you don't want to jump into something this controversial at this point in your career. You just want to finish out and don't want to cause any uh, ripples. But I see a lot of these blue states taking their time, and I can't think in the back of my mind, are they actually doing this to make sure it's President Biden, not President Trump in November? And I'm thinking about Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania. I'm thinking about what's happening in Michigan. I'm even thinking about what's happening in Hawaii. In Hawaii, the most laid back state in the union they are good they're ready to they're beside themselves after being harnessed like this what are your thoughts well i i think that's a little bit of both i mean let's let's be honest the states that have been hardest hit tend to be states on the coast california and washington on the west coast new york new jersey True. Uh, True. on the east coast so i mean you know it's it's you know they, they literally do have been the hardest hit uh, and they tend to be the states that are, have the most density of people in them, the highest density. So, I mean, they, the, the problem does affect them more. Do I think there is any politics involved and in that, and that uh, you know, Democrats want to see the, the you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying the most of them or I'm not saying that's what's driving Governor Cuomo or whatever. But do I think some Democrats would like to see this continue on for a while? Uh, and 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 hurt Trump? Sure. Do I think some people want us? You know, are pushing to go back sooner to help Trump? Yes. I mean, and and either the sad thing is it's wrong on both sides. We need, to, you know, I mean, we need to be doing the very best that not just the scientists, or that's certainly part of it, but you know, also the economists and the. I mean, you see these things in Wisconsin where the state. Supreme Court overruled the governor, and now suddenly there's no stay-at-home order, any controls at all, and in a bunch Fantastic. of places the bars filled up. That can't be the right way for things to operate. You just wish people would. No, it's. Would. But Chris, I'm going to stop you there. If that bar owner has not put restrictions in their restaurant, that's his or her fault. 
and that's a problem. And if I go in there, I look around and go, I love this place, but clearly they're not re reflecting at times. I'm walking out. And the same thing with my yeah, gym. You, you are. But I but want the opportunity the to see. Uh, I was go ahead. Say, did you see the video of, of people in that bar? Say, no masking, no social distancing by, side by side. And then who knows? Somebody leaves there. And then they go someplace else. Look, I agree. You can't shut down the country. Uh, and, there is, you know, it's not like they have. there's no yeah. price to 36, 7 million people being unemployed. I fully understand that. But, you know, we got to we got to find a way to do it sensibly and, and, and punching each other. And I saw somebody at a, I think it was a Target, got knocked down by somebody who refused to wear a mask and his arm got broken. You know, there was video of that yesterday on Fox. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. In a supermarket. Yeah. yeah, and that was the security. They went up and said, guys, you got to put a mask on, and they end up in a fight, and that's an issue. But those are aberrations. Uh, there are, there's 100,000 businesses out of business, and <laughs> fundamentally, you can't tell me I can't play tennis, but I can play golf. You can't tell me I can go to Target, but I can't run my car wash. You can't tell me I can't run my sports store, but I can run a CVS. We know the difference. We're adults. We've been through the schooling. We watch the shows. All channels been covering it. You have to give America a chance. And I'm going to point to South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. And you could say that they're Republicans, I guess. But I look at Colorado. Colorado's a Democratic governor. He would not hear of politics. He cares too much about his, the people who put him in office. I look. He I, opened it up. I understand that. I this is this is really complicated, and what's what's terrible is the last thing that should be involved here is politics. I, I completely agree with you about Georgia. I thought when Kemp, I'm, I'm going to be open and honest here, when Kemp opened up yep. as early as he did, and look, remember, it wasn't just me that was critical of him. President Trump was critical of him and really called yep. him out in the White House briefing room. And you know, the, the, it, it appears that the cases are going down. There hasn't been a huge spike, so. Uh, you know, whether that's luck, whether he saw something that people, you know, the know-it-alls in Washington and New York didn't see, I don't know, but it's, you know, you can't argue with success. Yeah, so we're going to be, I'm going to be talking about that also in Illinois and Pennsylvania. These county executives are rising up against their governors. Uh, the president's going into Pennsylvania will fuel the flame. And in Michigan and Pennsylvania might decide the next election. And it might be on freedom instead of taxes uh, and green energy. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I want to make sure before I switch gears, I want to you, you have guests. I don't want to be rushed at the end. Who are your guests this weekend? Well, we uh, two things we know we're not we're not but we hope we're going to get a public health expert from the White House. Last week we had uh, uh, Stephen Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary on the yep. economy. This week I thought let's get an independent voice. So we're going to have a fellow named Mohammed Al Arian, who used to be the head of PIMCO, one of the largest uh, investment funds, trillions of dollars. You know, an independent voice, and let's hear what he has to say about the economy and the damage that's going to come. I will tell you, a lot of people say that this talk, and you could argue that maybe it's because of the prolonged shutdown, a lot of this talk about a sharp V-shaped recovery, uh, it's going to be a lot slower and tougher than that. And actually, we had word from Jay Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve yesterday, who said the same thing. Uh, and <laughs> now, the, now the stock market is crashing. And uh, so thank you, Mr. Powell. 
I know. Just uh, for example, when Anthony Fauci started talking, it dropped 300 points uh, the other day. But I, I'm, I'm confident that we're going to have a big second half of the year. And so a lot of people smarter than me. And there's only two or three. So, uh, Chris, let's go in over and talk about the unmasking. Uh, in terms of unmasking, I am uh, no, I know fully cognizant of the fact that it is not unconstitutional and it is not illegal. But man, fundamentally, are you disturbed about the number of people who who petitioned and got the ability to unmask Michael Flynn? Seven requests from Samantha Power, four requests from the U.S. ambassador to Italy, a request from Comey, three from James Clapper from December on. The first one was November 30th. This is, well, I would want to lead the witness. Your thoughts. Well, first of all, they weren't unmasking Flynn. What they're unmasking is that there's an intelligence report or there's a surveillance of a phone call, and it says American number one. If they knew who it was, they wouldn't be unmasking. They don't know who it is, so they say, hey, who was that American number one that's in your intel report? And, you know, it turns out it's Flynn. So that's point one. Number two... I don't have any problem. I mean, obviously, there are some people, and I certainly am interested. I, I, I separate Joe Biden from all of these people. Joe Biden's running for president. Anything he does is fair game is in terms of an inquiry. I do want to know why Joe Biden was, was uh, trying to unmask or you know, was unmasking American number one, who turned out to be Michael Flynn in January, uh, January 12th, eight days before the inauguration. I'm that I, you know, I wonder about, and I want to know about that. But in, in the two points I would make real quickly. One, if, if Flynn, if American number one is talking to the Russian ambassador the day after right. Obama, and I think really delayed and should have done it much sooner, has sanctions against the Russians for interfering in the election, if you're the head of the, of the uh, director of national intelligence or the head of the CIA, Brennan or Clapper, wouldn't you want to know who American number one is? And and the only other point I would make is a number of these things happened before the phone call with Kislyak, the Russian ambassador. You know, we're in early December, as you point out. If you're going to be transparent about, uh, about, you know, all right, who unmasked, what, were they, what did they want to unmask? What was the intel report exactly. that they wanted to see? I'd like to know what it was I they want were to see concerned it all. about. Yeah. Hey, Chris, I would like to know, too, is there a form for this? I mean, my goodness, the, the ambassador to Italy is trying to find out what's going on with the Trump administration official talking to Kislyak. I mean, is this the Wild West of intelligence? Of course it's going to yeah, end well, up in the Washington get... Post, which is a felony. Well, no, that, that's different. Unmasking is perfectly legitimate. And you know how many times the, the, in the Trump administration, how many requests for unmasking there were in 2018? Just has come out. uh, 16,000. So, I mean, it does go on a lot. And unmasking is okay. Leaking, and whoever did that should be put in jail. That's that's a crime. So, uh, you know, if Joe Biden did it, if Samantha Powers did it, whoever did it should go to jail. Uh, But unmasking just by itself, I think I'm not I'm not as convinced. Chris, I, I believe that this story is a uh, moving target. I think it's going might be your lead come Sunday, but ultimately uh, you have to make those decisions on your own. I can't be getting your call Sunday morning asking those questions every day. What should I lead with? So that's going to be well, your decision. Well, you know, I, but, but you, I just want to say, so right now, as we sit here on Thursday morning, you're saying lead with Flynn. No. 
if, if this moves, if this story moves, uh, I think it should be your second story right now, but I think it's going to move by Sunday, and I have to move to break. And I got you plugged in, and I didn't rush it, so I don't feel guilty. Chris, okay, thanks so much. I look forward to your book Jimmy coming out. Johnson, NASCAR is coming out, so we're going to have Jimmy Johnson on the show on Sunday as well. First NASCAR race, Sunday afternoon. Nice. Back in a moment. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. The anxiety and stress caused by debt, overwhelming. It makes you feel alone. There's no way out, right? Especially now. But you don't have to go through it alone. Freedom Debt Solutions has more than 400 debt experts ready to help you get rid of expensive credit card or personal loan debt faster than you can on your own. And you can do it with one low, affordable, monthly program payment. Right. When it comes to getting out of debt, there is no one-size-fits-all. Freedom Debt Solutions is here to find the right one for your specific situation. Since 2002, they've served over 750,000 clients, settling 2.7 million accounts, and settled over $10 billion in debt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card or personal loan debt and struggling to make the monthly payments, there is hope. Find out how. You can talk to Freedom Debt Solutions and get an expert there and get free personalized debt consultation as early as today. So Go to freedomdebtsolutions.com slash Brian. That's freedomdebtsolutions.com slash Brian. Freedomdebtsolutions.com slash B-R-I-A-N. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs of coverage may vary. Call Protect My Car for details. In these hard economic times, you've got to do whatever you can to save money. One of our biggest expenses can be our cars, especially when unexpected repair bills hit. Not anymore. If you do own a car, truck, or SUV made from $19.99 or higher, you could stop paying for car repairs. That's right. You might not have to pay a penny to have it repaired. Just dial star star 1249 on your mobile phone now to see if you qualify. You must have an automobile made from $19.99 or higher, and all repairs for your engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Dial star star 1249 on your mobile phone today and get your car protected before your next repair bill hits. That's right, total protection for your car and no more repair bills. Just dial star star 1249 on your mobile phone now to see if your car qualifies. That's star star 1249. Never pay for car repairs again. Just dial star star 1249 on your mobile phone now. Dial star star 1249. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. But first, protect yourself and your family with high-quality face masks from Boomer Naturals. They are lab-verified to give 92.2% antibacterial protection and are available in adult and child sizes. Boomer Natural face masks are made for use up to 30 days when you hand-wash them between uses. So please order your masks now at BoomerNaturals.com. Use code BILL20 at checkout to save 20%. Plus, you'll get free shipping on any order over $50. Use BILL20 at BoomerNaturals.com. On this Thursday, I am thinking about how things are going to change in the USA after the pandemic subsides. So here's a list. Fewer Americans are going to travel. So if you want to, you'll get good deals. More Americans will exercise because they're doing that now. People are so bored inside. They're jogging. They're taking walks. They're building home gyms. More Americans will move to the country. Because they are seeing what happens in the megacities like New York and Los Angeles. So country living will rise up. And second homes in the country will move briskly. 
Fewer Americans will use the media, especially after Donald Trump leaves the stage. Media distrust is going through the roof. Unfortunately, fewer Americans will practice their faith because people are not going to church every Sunday or Saturday. They're getting out of that habit. And I think faith is going to decline at least in the intermediate term. And finally, friendships are going to change. Think about who you are relying on in this time, who you call, who you email, text. Those people are going to stay firm in your life. But the other people who you're not hearing from, you're not dealing with, they're going to go by the wayside. So friendships in America are going to change. Now this. Have you ever Googled yourself? Many people admit to keeping an eye on their online reputation and to using the Internet to look up someone from their past. Google and Facebook are just a start when it comes to finding public records. An innovative new website called Truth Finder can reveal a full scoop on millions of Americans. So please go to truthfinder.com forward slash bill right now to start searching. That's truthfinder.com forward slash bill. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me weekday evenings at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. This is amazing to me. What alternative universe do they live in? Spending their time on discredited conspiracy theories against Obama, against Biden, instead of dealing with the greatest crisis we've had in America in decades and decades and decades. Absurd, often Russian-generated uh, conspiracy theories against their political enemies. Senator Schumer saying the pandemic is number one. Absolutely. Uh, but to think a guy that was part of a process that delayed America and distracted America for two and a half years suddenly is upset once we start getting answers to our questions of what was going on with Michael Flynn? Who was listening in on their phone calls? What about this master plot uh, that ended up taking down Sessions and recusing himself, taking down Flynn, Papadopoulos, Carter Page's life, uh, uh, Paul Manafort, and then revealing that there was no conspiracy between Russia and the Trump, uh, the Trump team, which is now the Trump administration. But when you get facts out that Clapper three times requested a uh, uh, unmasking, that Comey and Dennis McDonough did it too, that four times the U.S. ambassador to Italy did too. Oh, isn't that where Mifsud's from? Mifsud that was able to befriend George Papadopoulos in a phony way and try to get information out of him uh, unsuccessfully. And this guy named Joe Biden did the same thing on the 17th of January, two weeks before or one week before he called it quits as vice president. I think that's necessary. When we come back, I'll talk to Adam Kinzinger about that and Illinois, where they're turning on their governor. This is Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
The WPG Talk Radio app is everything South Jersey. Local news and information updated around the clock from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Breaking news push notifications just for South Jersey. Easily call and listen to all your favorite WPG Talk shows and more. Download the WPG Talk Radio app for your phone, tablet, Apple CarPlay, and Android Auto today at WPGTalkRadio.com. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. President Trump says Dr. Anthony Fauci's a good guy, but he disagrees with a warning that some schools should stay closed in the fall, depending on the status of the coronavirus outbreak. Young people are very little affected by this. Uh, we have to get the schools open. We have to get our country open. We have to open our country. Now, we want to do it safely, but we also want to do it as quickly as possible. The president on Fox Business Network. North Carolina Republican Richard Burr has his phone seized by the FBI. The FBI seized Senator Burr's cell phone as the agency investigates his stock sales early in the coronavirus outbreak on suspicion of insider trading. Burr has said he relied on public information when he dumped as much as $1.7 million in stock and has requested a Senate ethics review. Fox's Rachel Sutherland. Nearly 3 million more Americans have filed first-time unemployment claims. America's listening to Fox News. Some non-essential businesses can partially reopen in New Jersey starting Monday. The data we are seeing gives us confidence that we can begin the careful and responsible restart of our economy to get people back to work and to begin to set the stage for the steps to come. Governor Murphy has given the green light for retail companies to do curbside pickup and construction to start up again. It's unclear on a timeline when further restrictions will be loosened. Murphy is hinting he may give instructions for beaches with Memorial Day approaching and might allow elective surgeries to resume soon. New Jersey is reporting seven more cases of inflammatory COVID-19 conditions in children in the state, bringing the number to 18. The condition resembles Kawasaki disease and toxic shock syndrome. Meanwhile, Governor Murphy said 197 New Jerseyans passed away in the latest daily numbers released on coronavirus cases yesterday, bringing the statewide total to over 5,000. More than half of the reported fatalities come from nursing homes or long-term assisted living facilities. In Wildwood, Ocean City, and other Cape May County towns, beachgoers will see social distancing ambassadors walking the boardwalk this summer. The Cape May County Health Officer says the workers will be in special vests as they remind beachgoers to wear masks and give everyone at least six feet of room. In sports, Eagles players will continue working out remotely for a while longer. The NFL is extending its virtual offseason through May 29th. In the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Newsroom, I'm Kristen Marks. I'm Neil Cavuto, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks are retreating after a report showing that millions more Americans joined the unemployed last week. 2.9 million more Americans filed for unemployment benefits in the first week of May. Computer networking company Cisco Systems reported a weaker quarter, but is offering some optimism about its business. Cisco says the pandemic is forcing companies to support remote workforces at a faster speed and greater scale. Cisco sees itself surfacing from the crisis better than before. Tyson Foods says it's reducing some beef prices because they want to keep beef on family tables. Supermarkets could be paying 30% less for some products this week. Both Jeep's parent company, Fiat Chrysler, and its merger partner, Peugeot, have canceled dividend payments. Both say the merger remains on track. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola, invested in you. 
This is a last chance alert. It's happening. Publishers Clearinghouse is ready to award $5,000 a week for life in just days. Enter now at pch.com and you could win $5,000 a week, week after week, for life. Don't miss this last chance to win $5,000 a week for life on June 30th. Enter at pch.com before it's too late. That's pch.com. Better hurry if you want the next big winner to be you. Enter now at pch.com. Entries due 625. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. For today, sunshine giving way to clouds. We'll have a high of 68. Tonight, a few clouds, low 59. Tomorrow, turning out partly sunny and breezy, high 84. Saturday, some sunshine, a breeze, high 84. I'm AccuWeather's Brian May on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. Well, I don't think any governor has the authority to restrict anyone unless there's a direct relationship uh, to combating this virus. And if you look around the country, clearly there have been examples of really draconian, arbitrary restrictions that have nothing to do with public health. Like you can't plant a seed in your front yard in your garden. You can't (laughs) walk around the neighborhood with your daughter or something like that. So some of this stuff I think has devolved into social control. You need to be able to act. There's certain things that need to be done, uh, but you're not a dictator. You don't have unlimited authority and people do have rights. And that's true. You you know, they're not a dictator. Will someone tell the, the governor of Michigan that, the governor of Illinois that? Uh, perhaps the governor of New York, we're about to find out as he begins to lift restrictions as of tomorrow, Governor Cuomo. Uh, but you have, I understand, he put up about 10 benchmarks for New York to reopen or different regions. He's opened up about four of them now. And I think Manhattan has got seven out of 10. Long Island's done. So why be punitive at this point? And the same similar thing in Illinois, where you have a governor who just seems way out of touch and in no rush to open things up. And that's why so many people are sounding off, especially in, uh, in Illinois. Believe it or not, they're even going crazy in Hawaii. They could face civil unrest and rioting if they don't start reopening quicker. That according to reports there. So joining us now is a congressman from Illinois uh, on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, he's a common guest on the show, uh, where Illinois experienced 84,000 cases confirmed, 3,792 deaths. Congressman, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Good to be with you. Now, how's Governor Pritzker doing in terms of reopening your state? Well, look, I uh, I, I talked to the governor uh this was a couple of weeks ago, and I had said to him, you need to regionalize this. And he said, well, that's a good point. And then the next day, he amended his executive order to regionalize it, but it's still bad, right? For instance, I live in Grundy County, and uh, that's a little rural county, and it's it's in the Chicago zone. Uh, the metrics to open up uh, are almost too hard to achieve, and, uh, and it's time to loosen this up. Here's the thing, Brian, is, you know, 
I don't know when this became from flatten the curve to find the cure. And flattening the curve, the American people did amazingly. 15 days, then 30 days. We stayed in. We didn't move. And now all of a sudden, as we've done what we've done to maintain hospital capacity, which is what this all was about, you now have, for some reason, in some of these governors on the left, it's become more about proving they can and uh, and it's time to loosen up. Um, the American people have said they're done with this lockdown. So unless you're going to arrest everybody that steps out in their front yard like they do in communist China, it's better to actually have a process in place to open businesses. And you know what? If Look, if you're a Republican or anybody, honestly, but wear a mask when you go out and you're around a bunch of people. There's nothing wrong with it. I wore a mask in Iraq. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, wear a mask. But that's how we're going to get back to, uh, you know, to slowing the spread while having a real life. Absolutely. I mean, why is Florida and Georgia and South Carolina able to do it? Yeah, they weren't hit as hard as New York, but we're on the same track. It is decreasing across the country. And uh, the whole thing is, uh, 20, they say 25 million more people are out. But the question is, where can they go? You know, there's another number, 100,000. 100,000 small businesses have closed forever. How many unnecessarily? And if we have that PPP stuff, and you got those loans, they're about running out. If you extend this stay-at-home measure, you have wasted the PPP money. You should have killed us in March rather than extend the death until May. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's where, you know, that's where this moment is, is like, again, we've done what needed to be done. We had this massive surge of virus. We know more about the virus now. So we locked down. But now it's time, instead of just making it, as some um, my friends on the other side of the aisle have done, about proving that they can or saying that we're not science-based. No, we're totally science-based. And the science says that right now we're not going to have a vaccine for this for maybe a year. It also says if you wear a mask, you reduce spread. And it also says if you're outside, you're much less likely to spread it than inside. And so it would make sense to say, let's start to loosen some things up because, you know, also science-based is the fact if you ever read the book Freakonomics, you know that people die as a result of things like, you know, suicides, like depression. If you think about that kind of stuff, the, the, the toll on this could end up being greater. Absolutely. So in Illinois, we understand and at least one county uh, executive is defying the governor and it's in Madison County. And he says right outside St. Louis, he's running in defiance of J.B. Pritzker's stay at home and he's ordering everything opened. Uh, and he's going to do that. So in Pennsylvania, when they did that in 20 counties, he says, I'm going to take liquor licenses away and prevent you from getting federal funding. You have basically a civil war in Pennsylvania. Is that where Illinois is going to be heading? Well, I certainly hope not. Uh, the governor did in a press conference say something like he would consider withholding federal funds from uh counties that don't do it like he can't do that um and and if there is a way in the federal government we need to fix that you cannot use federal government money as a weapon in the state and so i have continued to try to be calm about this work with the governor in every way because you know people's lives are at stakes people's livelihood are at stakes but i think every governor that is maintaining a lockdown beyond necessary needs to realize that this is not communist china the american people are patient only to a point and we have freedoms that we respect in the constitution right uh i want you to hear the voice of a business owner he owns atlas gym in new jersey and he's had it he's opening up 
Cut 30. His name is Ian Smith. Cut 38. Our actions on Monday are going to be uh, grounded in the ideals of civil disobedience. Uh, what we intend to showcase is that we reject the premise of essential versus non-essential businesses. Uh, anything that Walmart can do with hundreds, if not thousands of people passing through the stores every day, touching everything in sight, exactly. a small business, whether it be a restaurant, a gym, uh, a hair salon, or anything else, can replicate those things. And we can go above and beyond. And he's had it with his governor. He's moving too slow. He's waiting two more weeks. These gyms don't have two more weeks, Adam. I talk to them all the time. They don't have it. They can't charge members. They got rent. The landlords are on pause, but they're not on I forgive. The banks want their money. The landlords want their money. And the gyms are told, hold on, it's not safe. When they've roped off their treadmills, they've, they've went off with the ellipticals. They've walked around. They have hired additional people with gloves and spray bottles. They're ready to go. And it's un-American what's happening right now. Well, and I can tell you, Brian, I, uh, you know, I'm a gym rat myself, uh, as you are. And uh, when I go out and run now, I mean, literally, I'm running half of the distance I ever did, and I'm wheezing. And, uh, I, you know, I haven't been able to lift a weight in three months. And, uh, and I'll tell you, my health has declined. You know, I'm still in good shape, thankfully. I'm young. You know, I've been in good shape going into it. But if you think about what's happening to people like us that can't get to a gym, think of what's happening to people that's, that significantly need a gym. And you think about the impact that has on their life. So I, I'm in contact with my gym owner. And he just says, look, we are ready to implement, you know, all the sanitation things. We can even have it to where we limit the number of people in the gym. So maybe you have to sign on the Internet, you know, to get a slot. But to keep them just closed, it has a real health impact on everybody. Yeah, I want to pivot. If I, It's got to change. And I hope next time we talk, we're talking about opening up safely. I'm not saying there's no hot spots, but life is full of danger and challenges. This is just another one of them. But staying at home is is a recipe for losing everything. And if you're lucky yep. enough to have unemployment that's more supplanting your income, just know you're a minority because most right. people are watching their lives slam into a brick wall financially. Even though sometimes, you know, you relish time with your family that you never thought you were going to get, I get it. But not at the risk of financial ruin. And I cannot well, believe in California. Right. But in California, yeah, they've given up on the Cal State Sorry. college system. They're not. They're giving up on in September. They're not going to have college in on campus uh, classrooms. Governor DeSantis just said in Florida that's inexcusable. He won't allow it. Why is it? What's good for Florida? What's good for California is not good for Florida. Have you ever? Heard, is that the American attitude? In May, you give up until September. And there's not going to be any innovation. There's no. There's no system to get people back on campus who are not vulnerable to uh, overtly vulnerable to this virus. It's incredible, the acquiescence. Yeah, it really is. And, and you know, look, we're the, uh, the Republican Party. We're the party that appreciates uh, alike significantly from, you know, the moment of conception until natural death. And that's, that's why it's important we do everything we can to put people in a position to protect their life, no matter what comorbidities they have. Um, but the Democratic Party, I think, has, you know, to an extent, this has become a referendum on President Trump in terms of whether they open or not. They're, in some cases, not reopening states or even having a process 
refuse to reopen as a way to push back and say that, you know, we're science-based and the other side is emotion-based. We're not emotion-based. I mean, the Republicans were all on board with this for, you know, 30 days, even 45 days, until we started to see the fact that most hospitals had a significant amount of empty beds. There was not an undercapacity. And yet we were still forced to, you know, to bleed jobs and bleed the economy. It's a middle ground. you got to find it. All right. All right. So what is your take on this unmasking, uh, you know, dozens of times with the who's who of the Obama administration, from the chief of staff to Comey to Brennan to the U.S. ambassador to the to Italy to Samantha Power with dozens of requests. Bring us inside lawmaking. Uh, Republicans are outraged. Democrats say it's a distraction. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously, you know, not a distraction. It's a significant issue. Now, I'm not the expert on it. And, um, you know, and there are people that have studied this uh, far greater than I have. But I'll tell you this, the perception, at least, and I think the reality, but the perception, at least, is that the Justice Department is being used for politics. And it cannot be, you know, under President Obama. It cannot be, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat used for politics, because in a in a democracy, the only thing that can hold a democracy together is people knowing that there is a backstop in an independent justice and judiciary system because they know, look, even if we're out of power, you know, when I was elected, I was the first, you know, we took the majority, but the two years prior to that, the Democrats had all levers. But there weren't riots because people knew that there was still a backstop of independence behind the government. When that wall breaks down, uh, it breaks down people's belief in the system of government, and that is the long-term danger. So to the extent any laws were broken, uh, we need to go after that hard to protect our system. Yeah, I would think so. Among the people that did it in the last week of his administration, Joe Biden, cut three. I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn, number one. Number two, this is all about diversion. This is a game this guy plays all the time. The country is in crisis. We're in an economic crisis, a health crisis. But you were reported to be at a January 5th, 2017 meeting where you and the president were briefed on the FBI's plan to question Michael Flynn over those conversations he had with the Russian ambassador Kislyak. Now, I thought you asked me whether or not I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I was aware that there was, that there, they asked for an investigation. But that's all I know about it. What do you think going yeah, I mean, on there? He's going to have some. He's going to have some questions to answer in the campaign for sure on that. Um, you know, it's been it's it's been incredible to watch uh, as he's given his Skype interviews. You know, not understanding the questions and then and then having to backtrack. Yeah, it's very uh, very interesting. Right now, the president's losing on the national poll, but he's winning in every battleground state. How's this thing going to play out? Who's hurt more, Biden by it being in the basement, or the president not holding his rallies? You know, I think everybody's kind of hurt. It's going to be a whole new, like, election process. But I think ultimately, in, in this kind of an environment, uh, incumbency is, is advantage because you know who the person is. You know, right now, the president, uh, if he can, you know, uh, take a, continue to take a strong leadership role in this disease and talk about, you know, the economy, I think he's in a much better position. And right now, you know, President Biden or Vice President Biden, um, it is definitely at a disadvantage. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with the uh, with the conventions, too. You know, if that's going to be something that's on Zoom on TV, it's not going to have the impact uh, that, you know, a typical convention would. 
When you said President Biden, I imagine a lot of people drove off the road. So again, <laughs> grab your wheel, uh, calm down, hope you buckle up, hope you didn't have to use the airbag, and get back on the road, all right? And Adam Kinzinger apologizes for that. It won't happen again. Uh, Congressman, thanks so, so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. And uh, I hope you, I know you're still in great shape, so don't panic. You'll be back in the gym soon. I'll try not to. See ya. Go get him. one 408 7669 Back with your calls and your thoughts in just a moment. Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't go anywhere. Brian Kilmeade will be right back. Brian Kilmeade. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Our friends at Chamonix have extended their amazing Mother's Day sale one more week for all those special people in our world. Right now, you'll get the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness and the jawline treatment at a discount never offered before. GenuCell will double your order free only for a limited time. Whether you're staying home, going back to work, or simply connecting remotely with your loved ones and coworkers, now's the time to say goodbye to puffiness dark spots, crow's feet, and even firm up the delicate skin under the jawline neck area. Your next Zoom or FaceTime will feel better, guaranteed. I'm telling you right now, I've never had a product that I recommended to people where more people call me up and thank me for doing it. That's what happens with Chamonix. You'll get compliments for simply living or you get 100% of your money back. Order GenuCell, extended Mother's Day special now, and get double your order for free. So this is what I want you to do. Go to GenuCell.com or call 800-SKIN-860. And for results in minutes, the GenuCell immediate effects, also free, plus shipping. Limited time only. Get double your order free now. GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. For 95 years, SIA LTL Freight has hit the road to deliver the goods that keep businesses and communities moving. Now, in this uncertain time, we won't stop going that extra mile. Because at the end of the day... We are all in this together for the long haul. SIA LTL Freight, driving stability, safety, support, and strength. Visit SIA.com. That's SAIA.com. Right now, Home Sweet Home has never been sweeter. Our homes are more important than ever, and finding people we trust to take care of them is just as important. For over 20 years, Home Advisor has been connecting homeowners with trusted local plumbers, electricians, roofers, and more. And now we're making it easier than ever for great pros to join the Home Advisor network. For a limited time, home service businesses can get $200 in free advertising. Visit homeadvisor.com/start200 for details. That's homeadvisor.com/start200.